Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you would mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament book of Proverbs and Proverbs in chapter number 26. The book of Proverbs and chapter number 26. We're continuing with our overview of Proverbs, finding a proverb here and finding a proverb there and trying to learn the principles that we find in each of these Proverbs. Now, as we find our way to the book of Proverbs chapter 26, we find a very important principle that affects every single one of us in our lives. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26, and let's read a couple of verses starting at verse number 20. The book of Proverbs chapter 26, starting at verse 20, the Bible says this, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to a burning coals, and wood to a fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And if you're the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Proverbs chapter 26? Proverbs 26, and notice with me in verse 22, notice the phrase, the words of a talebearer. The words of a talebearer. And with this, we're going to explain what a talebearer is and see how dangerous one of these are. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, we're just asking that you would help us with the warnings that we find in your Bible, that we could be warned and understand how dangerous this is. This topic and yet something that we participate in almost on a daily basis. Lord, help us to see things as you see it. Help us to see sin as exceedingly awful. And that we would repent and stay away from such things. Lord, I'm asking that you would fill me with your spirit for the purpose of you getting accomplished your work through your precious spirit. That you could help draw us close and help us to have lives and tongues and thoughts and minds that are pleasing to you in all things. We need your help in a special way, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tailbearing is an interesting word. It's not a word that we use in our everyday vocabulary, though we've probably heard it from time to time. But tailbearing in the Bible here is defined as idle, often sensational, groundless talk about others. That, that's what tailbearing is is that it's idle, meaning that it's meaningless, it's not important, it's not something you have to have. Often sensational, <laughs> that's why we're talking about it, because it's entertainment. And groundless talk, meaning you don't have evidence or proof over it, about others. That's what tailbearing is. 
In the Bible, there's many other words that are synonymous that are associated with tail-bearing. You have whispering in Romans chapter 1, verse 28. Whispering. It's the idea of whispering to someone and talking about someone else. You have backbiting found in Romans 1, uh, 30, 2 Corinthians 12, 2. Backbiting is the same as gossiping. It's carrying that word picture where they're turning their back on there. You're biting against them. You're attacking them with your mouth. Backbiting. You have evil surmisings. That's a big fancy word for it. Evil surmisings. 1 Timothy 1, 4. You have babblings, Ecclesiastes 10, 11, babblings. You have tattling, 1 Timothy 5, 13. This is tattling. You have evil speaking, Psalm 41, 5 and Psalm 109, 20. You have defaming, Jeremiah 10, or 20, verse 10, defaming. You have bearing false witness. That would be Exodus in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 verse 16 and Deuteronomy 5 12. Luke chapter 3 and verse 14. Bearing false witness. Do you know that when you are a tailbearer, you break one of the Ten Commandments? As it's directly stated, bearing false witness. Notice uh, we have raising false reports. That is Exodus 23 and verse 1, and then repeating the matter. That's Proverbs chapter 17, verse 19, repeating the matter. All of these are synonymous terms, terms that are associating with tailbearing. Now, we don't use those terms on a common basis, but you know what term we now have today that means the same thing? Gossip. Gossip. When you perform gossip, you are a tale bearer. When you perform gossip, you are a backbiter. When you perform gossip, you are babbling, you're tattling, evil speaking, defaming, bearing false witness. When you participate in gossip, you are breaking one of the Ten Commandments. That is how serious God considers this matter. And yet it is something that we are all involved on. In fact, gossip is what they call the acceptable sin of the church. What does that mean? It's the sin that's allowed by most churches and is never dealt with. Meaning we allow it to happen. We participate in it. We enjoy it. That's our thing we do. Why? Because gossip is usually done for entertainment. You ever think about why we talk about other people? Because we get enjoyment out of it. We like to talk about other people, especially the worse the situation is, the more enjoyment we get. You can't wait to tell someone, guess what I heard today? Did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you hear what trouble they got into? Oh, I got to go tell people about it. You get excited. You are entertained by it. You can't wait to hear what happened to someone else. In fact, they got so, entire soap operas built off that whole thing. People love gossip. Gossip occurs when we give information to another person that can't do anything about it. So if I go up and report to another person about what my kids do, can my 
can the person I'm telling do anything about my kids? No, they're not part of the authority chain. It is not their responsibility to discipline my kids. So when I go tell them what my kids did, I'm talking to the wrong person. They can't do anything about it. All right, so if your boss does something that you don't like, and bosses do that, and you go talk to everyone else about what your boss did, can they do anything about your boss? No. Then it is gossip. Your teacher... You talk to everyone about what your teacher did. And it's fun and entertainment because teachers are crazy. But what happens is that can the people you talk to do anything about the teacher? No. Then you're talking about to the wrong person. When people get sideways with a preacher and they go, I can't believe the preacher did this and he did this and I don't like what the preacher did. Can the person you're talking to do anything about the preacher? Then it is gossip. You are breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to show you here in a bit. It is one of the sins that we think is fine, but God hates. God hates it. And yet it is something that we participate in on almost a daily basis. God hates gossiping. God hates this sin. If you don't mind, may I show you some things here about a talebearer? And see what the Bible has to say. Don't take my word for it. What does the Bible have to say concerning the subject of a talebearer? Notice, if you don't mind, the first thing we want to show you is a talebearer stirs up strife. A talebearer stirs up strife. You know what gossip is? Someone who is a gossip? They're a moral arsonist. They like to put gasoline on the fire and watch that thing rage. They want people to come and see this thing burn. They love to stir up trouble. They love to fan the flames. Notice what the Bible says here in Proverbs 26 and verse 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there's no talebearer, the strife ceaseth as coals are to burning coals and wood to a fire so is a contentious man to kindle strife the bible here gives this picture that we can all see that when there's no tail bearer there's no one throwing flame uh, gas on the fire when no one's gossiping no one has a problem with a preacher have you ever noticed that When uh, nobody's gossiping, nobody has a problem with a teacher. When nobody's gossiping, nobody has a problem with a parent. But when gossipers get involved, all of a sudden people who were not mad at the teacher are now upset with the teacher. People who were not mad with the preacher are all of a sudden mad with the preacher. That's what a tailbearer is, a moral arsonist. They love to get the flames going and get them hot. And they're entertained while they're watching someone's character get burned up. They want everyone to get aggravated about what that authority figure or what that person did. They love to fan those flames. And it isn't amazing that when there's a gossip, it is very hard for people to allow someone to be forgiven 
Someone can get messed up and mess up. We all make mistakes, every single one of us. But you let enough gossipers involved, that person could never get over it. They won't let them. And that's a horrible place, especially in a church where we're trying to heal people up. Gossip hurts people. It is a moral arsonist that is burning someone's character, fanning those flames, putting gasoline on the fire, stirring up strife, stirring up contention, getting people aggravated to someone that they're not even mad at in the first place. But all of a sudden they're upset and they don't understand why. It is amazing. By the way, it's contagious. Some of you have heard this tale before, but I'm going to do it again because it it fits. Shortly after my wife and I got married, she was invited to a gossip party. I mean, a candle party. And at the candle party, there was all a bunch of ladies there. And all the ladies, without a doubt, just started talking about their husbands, talking about how bad their husbands are and lazy bums. And they do this and they don't do this. And my wife is there with another newlywed. And they got caught up in it. And she didn't know me well enough to find out all my faults and get mad at me about it yet. We're still just freshly married two or three months. She still thinks I'm great. (laughs) And she's getting caught up about it. And as they're driving home, my wife and this other lady, they look at each other and said, why are we so aggravated with our husbands? I love my husbands. What just happened here? And she realized what happened. She made an application that day a decision that day, she would never talk about me in public. You know what that's done to our marriage when she hasn't stirred up strife? And when she gets mad at me, and there's been plenty of times she's been mad at me, but not go tell every church person, you know what pastor did? You know, there's less strife in our house because she hasn't gone told everyone what I've done wrong. And I've made the same thing. I don't go talking about how bad she is and how awful she is. She's not. I mean, she makes it easy. There's not a lot to complain about. But you know, you know what that's done with our marriage? We're 20 years in just a couple days. And we still like being with each other. Isn't that amazing? We actually like spending time with each other. We still cuddle. I mean, that's great. I, I like to hug her. Where did that come from? It came from the idea that we weren't going to gossip about each other. If we had problems with each other, we'd just tell each other face to face or, you know, not talk about it and just go into the other room. But, you know, but, you know, not to stir up and put gas on the fire, because what will happen is that she wants to get right with me. But the people around her are now mad at me for no reason. And they keep reminding her about all the awful stuff I did. Now she has a hard time forgiving me because she's surrounded about people reminding her how awful I am. Does that make sense? That's what gossip does is it keeps the flames firing up. So even if you did want to fix things, you're not in a position where you can't because those flames still getting fired up, putting gas onto it, keep going. That's how awful gossip is. Let me give another illustration. A common thing. Let's say that I am an assistant to the pastor and working as for a pastor. I'm working for a pastor who's not perfect. We understand people aren't perfect. And so if I work for a pastor that's not perfect, I could get aggravated with a pastor. 
And I could take that aggravation, bring it home. You won't believe what he did. I, you just, you blah, blah, blah. And I unload on her. But what happens is that I get right with the pastor and I'm no longer angry with the pastor. But I forget to tell her that I'm right with pastor. Now she's carrying a flame for pastor when I'm no longer. And now she builds up a grudge. See how that works? That's how dangerous it is. The Bible here is giving a warning about a tailbearer that all he does is fan the flames. But when you determine you're not going to gossip, it is amazing how strife ceases. Amazing how you could get and repair relationships that were broken because there's no tailbearer. Notice what else we see. A tailbearer wounds with words. A talebearer wounds with words. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Proverbs 26 and verse 22. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. We all know that words have an impact. So much so that this exact verse is repeated in Proverbs 18, 18. There's an old adage that sticks and stones could break my bones, but words can never hurt me. We know that's a lie. Words hurt. You can get over bruises. You can get over a punch. But words seem to stick with us. We remember when people said something awful about us. When we, have you ever <laughs> heard someone talking about you and you walked into the situation they didn't realize there? It hurts. Or when you get the telephone game, guess what I heard about you? Oh, what'd you hear about me? And they tell you the most awful things that aren't even true. But someone told you, this is what they told me. And they heard it from here and heard it from here. All these people now think I'm awful. It hurts. It hurts a lot. It's a wound that goes deep down. We know that this the whole subject of gossip is that you're harming and hurting reputations. It goes so far to say in the book of Leviticus that when you gossip, you are murdering someone's character. So not only did you break one of the Ten Commandments of bearing false witness, but you've also broken the Ten Commandment of not to commit murder. Because God considers gossip murder. We know that we like to put little sins and big sins. And gossip's one of those little sins. But you know when you commit gossip, you've already broken two of the commandments according to the Bible. Not according to the preacher, according to the Bible. You've broken two commandments already. Murder and bearing false witness. When you commit gossip, you are not right with God. You can't be right with God if you, if you broke two commandments. This is a big deal. And yet it is something we use as entertainment on a daily basis. It is an acceptable sin of the church because most church people are involved in it. And this is why a lot of churches have a difficult time moving forward. Because they don't trust their pastor. They don't trust each other. They're looking for what other people are aiming at. They're trying to see where the attacks are. They're looking to see who's going to be the bad person today. This is an awful thing. Notice as we go to Proverbs 20, let's see something else. Proverbs 20. And notice with me in verse number 19. Proverbs 20. And notice with me in verse 19. He that goeth about as a tale bearer 
revealeth secrets. Therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. This man received of the others expecting the secrets to be put in a trusted place. So I told you something in confidence. I told you something in secret. But a talebearer goes, takes those secrets and made them public. Something that didn't need to be out there. Notice, by the way, the talebearer, how he got those secrets in the first place. He won them by flattery. They got to the place, oh, you can trust me. You can tell me. Oh, I won't tell anybody. I'll hold it in confidence. Your secret's safe with me. That's all flattery. And they get those secrets, and then they can't wait to go tell someone else. That's a talebearer. And the damage they do is that they let those secrets out. The person talking the gossip honestly thought the person they were talking to could be trusted. May I give you just a principle? If they are willing to talk about others to you, they're willing to talk about you to others. If you can't trust them to not talk about others in front of you, you can't trust them not to talk about you to other people. This is a big deal. So how do we handle gossip? Well, remember that if you listen to gossip, you are part of the gossip. You are committed these crimes as well. You've committed these sins. You've committed these offenses. How do we stop it? Tell them to stop. Listen, we're not going to talk about pastor. We're not going to talk about teacher. No, we're not going to bring this up. No, we're not going to do this. Don't listen to it. Remember, people will throw trash in any open container. Well, people just keep uh, bringing this stuff to me. Well, stop being open to it. You're telling on yourself that you're a gossip. But I'm not telling everything. Yeah, as long as you're still receiving it, you are in this process of gossiping. Don't receive it. Don't listen. In fact, if you want to be specific in the Bible, you're not even supposed to hear an accusation against a pastor unless you got two witnesses there. That's how big that God has set up this protection. It's not saying that you can't ever talk about pastor, but if he's done a crime, you better have some witnesses to it rather than gossiping all about it. This is a big deal to God. A church would be a lot healthier if we learn not to gossip. If we learn not to talk about people, not throwing trash, not listening to it. A church would be healthier if people would say, listen, we're not going to talk about the person. We teach our church folks that if someone, just using pastor example, you hear what pastor did? I could tell that you have an issue with pastor. Let's go take care of it right now. Let's go talk to him. Well, I don't want to go talk to his office. How about this? Let's call him. Here, he's already ringing. Talk to him. Get it right. He said, but they're not going to talk. Yeah, but they won't talk to you about pastor either. Go get it right with the person. If it's an honest issue where they have an issue with people, the best thing is for you to get it right with them. Hey, I could tell that you have an issue with someone. So let's go talk with them and see if we could fix this up rather than you just stewing over this. You know, you need to be active. The Bible said, blessed be the peace makers, not the peacekeepers, the peacemakers make peace. 
be the person to help make peace with someone else. They may not have enough courage to go face someone they think is wrong with them. Well, then you go with them and get this fixed. Be a peacemaker, but don't allow that gossip to go on. Get that dealt with. Get that taken care of. Now, people will often say, well, who do I talk to? Well, if you need to talk to someone, you talk to someone that's able to do something about it. So if someone has something issue with my kids, you come to me because I could do something about it. You go to the proper authority. But you don't just deliver it to anyone and everyone. Does that make sense? Understand who you're talking to and what you're saying. Notice if you don't mind, there's something else the Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, and notice with me if you don't mind, in verse 13. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 13. A talebearer revealeth secrets. We've already seen that. But he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. If someone does trust us with information, it should be a faithful and a mature person not to go spread it. Meaning that we understand sometimes you need to rant. That happens. You need to make sure that you are talking to someone that is not going to participate in gossip and is going to be able to contain that matter is mature enough not to go. Now, pastor is a confidant. You should make sure that you know who you're talking to. It should not be anywhere in your chain of command or anywhere that could be affected uh, by that. So if they know pastor, you don't talk to someone about pastor with it. We know that therapy is a thing where people get to talk about their issues to someone who shouldn't be spreading it. They're a confidant. This is the idea that you have someone mature enough. Now, let me pause. You know how Christians get away with gossip sometimes the mature Christians? I've got a prayer request. Can you pray for pastor? He's just got an ugly haircut and just let's just pray together that his haircut gets fixed. That's how quote-unquote mature Christians try to get around gossip. It's still gossip. All right? Don't try to disguise it by giving a prayer request unless you say, listen, you want to pray? Let's pray right here. Me and you pray right now and let's just pray not only that God would fix his haircut, but that God would also uh, just bless him and that God would honor him and that we would submit to him. That's how you handle that. If they said you want a prayer request, let's pray right now. All right? We've been in... around enough mature Christians that try to do that. Oh, please pray for pastor. He's just suffering right now because, you know, whatever it is. Same with church people. Can you pray for sister so-and-so? She's just having such an issue with temper right now. And I just, oh, we need to pray because I heard her yelling at whatever name and just, you know, That's still gossip. No matter what type of spiritualness you try to wrap that around, it is gossip. You need to be a mature enough person that if somebody does tell you something, you're going to bury that thing. You're going to cover it and you're not going to go spread it out. You're not going to let it hold you to, again, that's a lot of maturity for you not to hold a grudge after hearing some bad news about someone. But 
You need to make it stop with you. If it happened to get to you, you're not spreading that thing. You're not letting it get past you. They're not going to hear anything about that person from you. And you're going to cut that thing off. Now, remember that whenever we come to a proverb, oftentimes we could find a Bible example of this being carried out. And in here, we have a very clear Bible example of a talebearer and the death he brings because of his words. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 22. And let's just examine a character in the Bible, a historical person, who illustrates this thing of the awfulness of a talebearer. Let's set up the scene. Saul is trying to kill David. David flees for his life. And he's running, he makes a pit stop at the city of Nob, which is where the priests are serving at. The priests don't know that David's running for his life. David talks to Abimelech. He talks with him. Abimelech is able to give him some uh, food and give him Goliath's sword. Not realizing what's going on, David just asked for it. And he just thinks he's being a servant to Saul. So here you go. And so David takes off. Saul hears that David has been at this city, and so he comes. Let's pick up the story in uh, 1 Samuel 22, and notice with me in verse 1. 1 Samuel 22, verse 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Dulam. And when his brother and all of his father's house heard it, they went down. So David's now hiding at the cave of Adullam. Notice with me now in verse 6. When Saul heard that David was discovered and the men that were with him, now Saul abode in Gibeah under a tree and Ramah having a spear in his hand and all of his servants were standing about him. Then Saul said to his servants that stood about him, Hear now, ye Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and make all of you captains of thousands and captains of hundreds that all of you have conspired against me? And there is none that showeth me where my son hath made league with the son of Jesse. And there is none of you that is sorry for me or showeth unto me that my son hath stirred up my servant against me to lie and wait as it is this day. Then answered Doag, the idiomite. This right here is a bad guy. Just in case you weren't familiar with the story, he is very much a bad guy. Then Doag, the idiomite, which was set over the servants of Saul, said, I saw the son of Jesse come into Nob to Ahimelech, the son of Atum. And he inquired of the Lord for him and gave him victuals and gave him the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. Then the David sent, uh, the king sent to call Ahimelech, the priest, the son of Eliab, and all of his father's house and the priests that were come to Nob and they came out. So here's Doeg. I know where David went. I saw what happened. It was Ahimelech. He's the one who did it. He's gossiping. He's, he's spreading this out. And he gets him in trouble. So Saul begins to talk with Ahimelech. And Saul's now unreasonable. And Saul says, listen, you're going to die. All the priests die. Soldiers kill him. And the soldiers went, uh, that's the priest of God. Um, uh, and he couldn't do anything. <laughs> they didn't want to go strike down the man of God and all of the other stuff. Notice what happens, if you don't mind, in uh, verse number 17. 
And the king said to the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priest of the Lord, because their hand is also with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priest of the Lord. And the king said to Doag, Turn thou and fall upon the priest. And Doag the Edomite turned, and he fell upon the priest, and slew upon that day four score and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. And Nob, the city of priests, smote he with the edge of the sword, both men and women and children and sucklings and oxen and ashes and sheep with the edge of the sword. So think about this. Here is this little tattletale trying to ingratiate himself, stirring up the fires. He stirs up Saul to the place that Saul just wants to kill people. You know, if it wasn't a doeg, those priests wouldn't have died. But he stirred up Saul with this gossip and told we was a tattletale, stirred him up. Now Saul's enraged and has to put damage. The rest of the soldiers had enough sense. No, we're not doing that. But doeg, oh, this is my chance. You understand it's showing this idea that you're hurting people with your words. Doag didn't just care about hurting people with the words. He went ahead and killed 85 priests, but that wasn't enough. He went to the city and started killing everyone. Men, wind, children, animals, whatever else. I mean, how crazy you got to be just to start going to the city and just hacking and slashing anything causes your path. I mean, this is a maniac here. This guy's a bad guy. Yeah. You said, oh, are you sure it's gossip? Well, let's see what is written about him later on in the book of Psalms. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Psalms, verse 52. Psalm 52. Psalm 52, the beginning verses are about Doeg. In fact... Psalm 52, notice with me the title of Psalm, just to prove it. Psalm 52, and notice the title. To the chief musician, Mishael, a Psalm of David, when Doag the Edomite came and told Saul and said to him, David has come to the house of Abimelech. How would you like to be such a bad guy that you get a whole title? This Psalm was written for this crazy bad guy here. All right, let's see what this crazy bad guy did. Verse number one. Why boasteth thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischief like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Notice he bragged about how he killed people. Verse 2, notice he's killing people with his deceits. Verse 3, thou lovest evil more than good and lying rather than to speak righteousness. You know, that's something about gossipers. They don't like to talk about good things because it's not as entertaining as bad news. They want to talk about bad things that they love it doesn't matter if it's true or not, if it's entertaining, if it's juicy, if it's good. Oh, let's get with it. The lying. And I'll, I'll repeat it to someone. Even if I don't verify the information. That's what Facebook's for. You don't verify any information. You just spread it anyways, whether it's true or not. Notice verse four. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. In the end, the world will see a man who trusted himself and got 
what he should have in the end. For someone who likes to brag on himself, one of the worst punishments, by the way, is for a person to see that person as they truly are. By the way, the same thing with a gossip. They don't want anyone to see them as they truly are. Because you know what? They're not perfect either. And they got flaws and they got issues. Gossiping is an awful thing. And it's pictured in a historical person of Doeg who literally murdered people and he just loved to stir up that fire. But the Bible puts an emphasis not on his murdering here as much as it is his tongue and his words and his deceitfulness. That's what gossip is. It's a talebearer. It's backbiting. It is something that breaks two of God's Ten Commandments. And it is something that we need to stay away from, which again is harder than what you think. Hopefully many of you are thinking about your day. Gossip is part of our regular entertainment day. That's what break rooms are for. Water coolers are for. Telephone calls are for. We love to gossip. We love to talk about other people. We love to get involved with it. And we wonder why we have issues with personnel, issues with authority, issues with other people, because the gossip just continues to get stirred up and we get caught up with it. As mature Christians, we can't get everyone else to stop, but it could stop with us. We need to guard our mouth. We need to guard our tongue. The Bible talks about in the book of um, (coughs) Philippians that we are supposed to think of whatever's true whatever is lovely, whatever is good report, if there be any virtue, any praise, if there any glory for God, think on those things. We're to even think differently and not allow gossip to enter into our plate and not allow it to escape. Now, this is something we have to work at because it is normal part of our American DNA. We like to gossip. Otherwise, we really wouldn't have Facebook. We like to gossip, otherwise we wouldn't really watch the news anymore. We like to gossip. How many of our telephone calls are full of gossip? I can't wait to tell you our conversations around the dinner table. Let me tell you what so-and-so did. It's so much part of our culture that it is almost an act of God to help us to change. Does it mean that we'd say, well, it's too hard, I'm not going to change? We have to change if we're going to have a mind and heart that's pleasing to God and be able to have the relationships that we ought to have with other people because we're not allowing that gossip to affect us. So with that, this is a hard one. This is something that affects us. What do I do about such things? Just quite simply going to the Lord and say, God, help me. I can't do this. God, help me. If there's something that you've been engaged in gossip, get it right. Don't allow it to go on. Make a determination that when they're going to start talking to you about others, you're going to stop that and shut it down. But they won't like me no more. Listen, you don't need that in your life if that's all they're going to do. Imagine how peaceful your life would be if people weren't just delivering bad news to you all the time. The idea of a talebearer, it delivers wounds that go down so deep. Let's not be a part of this. We need God's help. 
Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.